The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, now it's time to reflect on the main topics of the week. I'm joined by Patrick O'Donovan, Finnegal TD for Limerick County, Minister for the Office of Public Works, Morris Quinlivan, Sinn Féin TD for Limerick City, and Catherine Hayes, Course Director for Journalism and Digital Media at the University of Limerick. Uh, welcome, one and all. Um, we'll start with you, uh, Patrick, and uh, your reflections on what happened in OMA on Wednesday night. Uh, well, look, I, I suppose our first thoughts are, are with the police officer and his family. And, uh, you know, it sends a very chilling um, effect, I think, through the entire community. Uh, and certainly in the area that I represent, uh, it brings back all of the horrific memories uh, of 1996 when Detective Garda Jerry McCabe um, was riddled on the side of the street uh, and his colleague left for dead as well, Ben O'Sullivan. Um, by a group, a group of criminals who came into the, the, our village in Adair um, in my constituency to rob a post office. So, you know, when we have uh, policemen and Gardaí going about their business, and remember what this man was doing was putting a bag of balls into the boot of the car after training a group of children. I mean, how low can you go um, that somebody would, in, in some sort of a warped ideology, uh, for whatever reason, would think that that's an appropriate action. Uh, I hope and I wish the, the PSNI and the guards the best of luck in, in getting the perpetrators and bringing them before the courts. Um, but it shows how important our courts are. It shows how important the Special Criminal Court is. And it shows how important that community resilience, that there can be no, absolutely no place, either in the south or the north, uh, for any hiding place for a thug or a criminal that comes in and shoots a policeman or a guard. Mar- yeah, look, everyone woke up yesterday or heard the news and were absolutely shocked. Um, you know, a chill went through all of us because, you know, it's a place we thought we're moving firm. You know, the peace process has been a hard one. Um, the Good Friday Agreement needs to be protected. My thoughts, obviously, with, with um, John Caldwell and his family. Um, and as Mayor Lou said yesterday, anybody's any information whatsoever, come forward. And I hope they're... But Patrick obviously was making references to your former colleagues in arms, the Provisional IRA and the murder of Jerry McGee. Yeah, and also the ambivalence that Sinn Féin had for many years about the Special Criminal Court. Well, well I think the opposition I, to it initially and then ambivalent. I think in fairness, the Special Criminal Court, if you want to go down the Special Criminal Court, we're not the only ones that have a problem with the Special Criminal Court. I mean, it's international. Uh, Irish Civil Liberties do. Um, we looked at the review of the Special Criminal Court and we've we've held back on our position on that till that review is, is completed. That review is ongoing for a number of years. I wish it was completed sooner. And the last all the votes we had, we abstained on the basis that we're waiting for that um, that review of the Special Criminal Court to be done. You know, it is important that you know, you have a court ser- service that works. I mean, we're sitting here in Limerick where our court service isn't working uh, due to the lack of, um, you know, we have a brand new courtroom, but, you know, we, we, we can't operate our court case. No, that's just them, that's we're sitting here in Limerick in a, in a city that was dogged by uh, gangland crime for years, and were it not for the Special Criminal Court, these people would probably still be walking the streets. So you can't have your cake and eat it. Most of the people were taken off the, the streets the, during the gang war. The people, weren't the people, in, the people in this city, so. Look, the people I, in this city and the people in Adair, that are listening to this know the value of the Special Criminal Court. There can be no hiding place for anybody well, who is anything other than in favour of our courts. No, nobody's absolutely suggesting that. What we're suggesting is we need a court service that works properly. We need court service re- is fine the way it is. It doesn't uh, need. It doesn't need to be tinkered around. Well, you have. We do you need obviously a haven't. You obviously court. haven't spoken to any solicitors about it. We need a special the last criminal court. Who, who tell the only political who, party who believe we don't need a special criminal court is your party. That's simply not true. That's simply what not other true. party? So there. What other party believes we don't need a special criminal court? Well, there's other parties in the all as well. But like who? They have, they have spoken of. Like who? People before profit others have, have spoken. I'm talking about political parties. I'm not talking about individual groupings. 
Oh, well, okay. Anyway, I don't want to let's I don't want to disrespect I want to go to Catherine. No, let me finish off on that one. There, there is a problem in Limerick with the core services, and, and your government hasn't addressed that. We've built a new court complex here, and the cases still have to take place in Dublin because there isn't enough judges put down here, and the system isn't working properly. So we well, just in case you missed today's news, the government have approved the appointment of a lot of judges, and I'm w I welcome the fact that you're for the but, courts. Um, I want to go to you, Catherine, because uh, the, the shooting of... The uh, PSNI senior officer in OMA, um, you know, it brings back some memories to most of us old enough. But I'm wondering, your uh, students, yeah, what does this mean to uh, them? You know, I, I, for, again, just to, to sympathise with his family and, and all those young children who witnessed something that they should never have witnessed. Um, I'm working here in the University of Limerick with a generation of two students here with me this morning of people who have no memory, as you said, no. of this. So when they hear this news, you know, they, they immediately focus on the individual because it was an attack on, on decency, it was an attack on an individual. And regardless of the, of the supposed uh, motivation, political or otherwise, and I think for young people, you know, their perspective in, in many respects is probably going to focus on, on, on what it really is. Because who are, even this morning there was a political scientist on the radio from uh, Coventry talking, being asked who are this new group calling themselves a new IRA. But for young people, absolutely, Pat, I think they are now, We when we hear OMA, we, we know the, the, the horror that, that's already been visited on that town. But for this generation, what does it mean to them? And when they're listening to this, and they're, as Patrick said, it was a man putting balls into the beautiful car with his young son and 30 others who'd been training. You know, that really, who, who does that? But it's the softest of targets as well. Absolutely. In, in a situation absolutely. like that, where, where he, John Caldwell, put himself bravely out there. I mean, he knew that potentially uh, because of activity that he might be a target but that didn't stop him doing the normal parental things the volunteering things that he did but going back to your students 25 years since the good friday agreement yeah. and we've launched this podcast with bertie here and as i remember it with uh, bill clinton and tony blair and all that uh, as they remember it your students because uh, what are they 20 anything from 18 to absolutely they 22. could come here in 17 18 to our fourth years here with me this morning would be 21 22 yeah no yeah so so when the good friday agreement was signed they were in nappies or in certainly short pants <laughs> and they have no recollection or understanding of how hard fought that was. Absolutely. So, um, and, and, and we know how far we've moved on. So who does this supposedly represent? And I think for the generation who have no memory, how can they reconcile in any way, or should they, that this could be in a, con connected to anything legitimate, or from want of a better word, yeah. Yes, Morris. The community in Oma as well, like you know, so they are Absolutely. having a rally on Saturday. Um, I'm sure there'll be lots of people who turn up to that because these people, I'm, I'm pretty sure, are not. I don't know who they are, but they're pretty. I'm pretty sure they're not from Oma. You know, they visited this on the town. They didn't need to be visited on the town. There's no logic to what they're doing. There's no political plan around this. Um, you know, and we condemn them unreservedly and I hope they brought the justice as soon as possible. The, the, there's an, I just have to pick you up on something. There's no political plan around this. If there was, would it be justified? No, I'm not saying that. And if I said that, that's cack in the way. No, no, no. What, what uh, okay, I accept your, yeah, your, yeah, what, your explanation. What I'm, what I'm actually saying there is like, uh, what is their reason? What, what are they about? You know, where are they at? Like, there's no support. But what were they ever about? I mean, but there's no support what whatsoever. Was, what was it ever about? People Patrick, of it's, really, it's really, who, dis who, it's really who, disrespectful. No, Patrick, it's really disrespectful. You're jumping. What were they ever about when they came into our community in fairness, and did exactly the same thing it's really and left a man for dead and left, uh, left another detective riddled and decided what were they ever about? I think what was it ever about? I think it's reprehensible that you're using the shooting this week which has shocked the whole nation and beyond to score political points against I represent a community 
where fair enough. people that you support fair enough. came into our community, riddled a guard well, on the side of the street, riddled him you, and you, left his yes, colleague for dead. And I don't think I have ever heard you or anyone from your party say that was wrong you, and apologise to his wife and his family. That's simply not true because I've done that on a number of occasions. And I've done it on national radio, I've done it on local radio on a number of occasions. But every time I'm on a radio discussion with yourself, that's the issue you raise, no matter what we're talking about. If we're talking yeah, about roads your amnesia, if we're talking your no, amnesia, amnesia, it, it, it never fails. To st never do, do you suspect, me. Morris, uh, that this is going to be the nature of the general election campaign in a couple of years' time? Well, I hope that, that your past, in uh, uh, you know, in association with uh, the the armalite in one hand, the paramilitary wing, if you like, that that's going to be at the heart. I genuinely don't mind if that's the discussion, but if we can have the other discussions as well, you know, I don't mind that we have both of those discussions whatsoever. But as long as we can have the discussions, Catherine, people listening here this morning want to talk about the issues that are affecting them. That's people that listen here, they want to know their police force are safe, and they want to know that the courts, the people are going to be brought before, are supported by all of the parties and the doll. No, it's just going back to the, the generation that, that have no memory. And if they're listening to this and they're the people who hopefully will be going out to vote, you know, we, we need to think as well about how as I said, the perspective they have on what happened this week. And I understand and I remember, um, uh, obviously, what happened in Adair. But the, the focus of what, of what happened this week is, is John Calderon and his family and trying to explain that to a generation who are going to be going out to vote in the next general election. Yeah. Now, uh, I want to, to bring this to Ukraine. It's one year since the invasion of Ukraine. And huge amounts of bloodshed are happening. We are now at the point a year on where we are more kind of moved and exercised by a PSNI officer being critically injured, although he has not died, he's uh, fighting for his life. But doesn't it tell us something about, you know, when things are far away, no matter how violent they are, Catherine, they have less impact than a, a single act might have in Oma. Yeah, it's funny because even this morning at breakfast at home, my, my three young boys, but I, I was saying to them, my eldest now has just turned 13, it's a year, imagine, I said, since since this had happened in the Ukraine. And he said, a year, mom, really? You know, and we were talking about it, you know, limited enough to talk, but you know, you wonder how desensitized we do become when things happen yeah. far away. But we have in Limerick at the moment, huge discussions. I don't know if you want to talk about it, about modular homing, housing that's planned for Kilmallock. And we reading in our local newspapers this week that there's huge opposition to that. But we have two and a half thousand people living in Limerick now from the Ukraine. So there has been a welcome, but understandably people are concerned about- Morris, the question of, uh, I mean, the desensitisation uh, yeah, happens uh, with all sorts of things. The farther away they are, the less The last time I was here with you, Pat, we, it was 11 months ago. And we, yep. the, the war was just has, has initiated by Russia's illegal invasion of Ukraine. And, you know, we were very tense about it at the time. We have, have we become desensitised to it? I don't think so. But I think it's there on everyone's issue. I know my local community, they have done tremendous work by the local school, for instance. It was a... Uh, Disused, well, it was used by uh, adult education, but it's been transformed into uh, a refuge for 28 people who are staying there the whole time. Um, and I met one guy, he came in the first week of, of, you know, he literally arrived there. It was actually blood in his pants when he when he arrived there. And this guy through, when we're lucky enough to have, believe it or not, in the Tomigate area, we have a native Russian, Russian speaker who was able to translate for us and she's working in the community centre doing really, really good work there. But he was actually told me, and it was actually, it's a story that will always stick with me, that he was evacuated from Kharkiv when he was a child, when the Nazis were coming, and he evacuated to the east to Russia. And here he was in Simonji's yeah. community centre with blood in his pants, evacuated from from 
uh, for Kharkiv again. Um, what's the your party's position, by the way, on the Kilmallock modular homes development? Well, look, um, we, we, there is an issue around building modular homes, and I think we should build them faster, more of them. But are you in favour of this? Yeah, we are. Yeah, look, it, it was handed the way it was, it was, ha it was handled by our, our own councillor out there. You know, he didn't do the best comments on it, but I understand what he was saying. You mean the party centrally is in favour, even though oh, yeah. there might be local councillors? Well, look, I think quite often if you have if you have uh, proper discussion and communications with local residents and explain to them what's going. It seems that, it hasn't happened. No, I, I understand that. I understand. Kerry has said that. Patrick, yeah, what, well, PJ, it, what it, PJ said, in fairness, like you know, what PJ was talking about was, and he was quoted, you know, as I said, cack-handed probably, but you know, we would be in favour of building modular units wherever we need to build them. We're building them, including Kilmallock, including Kilmallock, or wherever. Patrick, well, I have what PJ Kerry posted here on Facebook, and he says that uh, um, that it's probably, possibly unconstitutional and certainly undemocratic. Now, there has been consultation. The land is owned by the Land Development Agency. There has been engagement between the Department of Children uh, and the local councillors there. But bear in mind, Pat, uh, these houses are being built in the context of an emergency. I was in Mill Street yesterday uh, in the Green Glens Arena, uh, where there are hundreds of people that have been integrated into the community and have been very warmly welcomed by um, the local community in Mill Street. And where we're building these houses all over the country, in general, we don't have a problem. But when you have people that post stuff on Facebook, um, it, is, it is almost like a tinderbox in, saying that it is unconstitutional, certainly undemocratic, no accountability. So, so, Morris, the question will be, do you want to, to have both sides of the bread butter? No, on national no. radio, you say you're in favour of it, but locally, no, look, the councillor is, is clearly not. You know, you see, we have three councillors on Limerick Council, and, you know, they, they you can go through the records where they've opposed any planning, very, very little. Catherine no, I knew go. this was coming up and would be, there would be, rang, uh, And there, there would be a concern him. in some areas of what the infrastructure isn't in there. And when we're talking about infrastructure, we're talking about water infrastructure. You go up the road from Kilmallock to, to Hospital where we're building 10 houses. The council wanted to build 20 there, but the water services weren't enough to build the 20. Catherine, you, you talked to... The yeah, so I talked to him this morning and he said that uh, Kilmallock, just to give your listeners some context, the town itself, population of 1,500. If these modular homes are built, it's 120 people. It's overnight, it's 25% increase in the number of children, that the locals weren't uh, consulted, that seven local councillors in the area were briefed by the OPW. On the same day, he claimed that Roderick O'Connor said there'd be no modular housing for Limerick. So that's all very interesting. And what he's saying is we have 25 to 30 people living in Fitzgerald's B&B in the town, 300 in Brough, in the convent in Brough, which is five yeah. minutes. The people of Kilmallock warmly welcome Ukrainians, as the people of Limerick have, but uh, my understanding is they have not been properly briefed. Okay, Patrick. So the OPW had a full engagement with the local elected representatives, of which he's won on the 8th of February 2023. So either he chose not to go or he didn't listen to what I said, I don't know. But there actually is actually, at the moment, it's only an indicative site. Uh, it'll probably be in the third, if not the fourth tranche. It's not guaranteed that it's going to go ahead. I would hope to be quite honest about it. Again. But are you looking for it to have your butter? Uh, no, no, I'm looking for sites. I'm actually looking for sites in Limerick and I've asked Limerick City and County Council for them uh, because as the Minister with responsibility for this, I need sites everywhere. The biggest issue we've had, Pat, is the availability of sites from the local at and actually most of the houses that are being built at the moment are being built on sites that are owned by the Office no, of Public Works. The, the, the other question is, uh, so many buildings were suggested 
and the OPW has decided that they're not fit for purpose. I don't know whether you've said no, HS... No, the OPW didn't decide that. The OPW volunteered 60 buildings to okay, the Okay, but say, say something like Port Ram. Uh, that St. Eves yeah. is still under consideration. and Because uh, that was occupied by patients it's owned by, not there, that there's long a ago. There's a considerable amount of green space in, in St. Eves and Port Ram, as there is in Tarrington Hall, as there is in the Central Mental Hospital. St. Joseph's here in Limerick. We're taking all of those into consideration. And if the HSE have other land across the country and open estates, we'll consider all of those. The biggest issue that we have at the moment, to be, to be honest about it, is, you know, people, for whatever the reason, whip up, uh, you know, bits of local hysteria. It's it, 30 houses, by the way, is what we're talking about for Kilmallock, uh, which is not a, a massive housing estate. Uh, we understand that it does put pressure in places. However, we've taken in the population of Waterford City into this country in the last 12 months from Ukraine. Where do people propose that they go Catherine. if places like the Green Glens Arena is full? Catherine. First of all, I'm obviously not here. Councillor Kerry can speak to himself. For himself, I wanted to follow up on a story that I read um, in, the, in the Limerick Leader, in the Limerick Post. Um, he's making some very valid, gave me some very interesting statistics just in terms of the site inspection is currently underway. It'll take four to six mm. weeks. There's an eight-week design stage and these could be constructed within 16 weeks. Yes, you're right, it's, 100, it's 30 modular homes but that could potentially house 120 people. Two bedrooms, two, yeah, two parents, two kids. It is important because it is a local. So Kilmallock isn't in the, included in the first couple of tranches and we have enough of sites I already identified for 480 houses. So it's in the next tranche of it that we will require... We will but those houses, what's the lifespan of those houses? 70 years. Six. 70 years. So why aren't we building those for people on the well, housing that's, list? Like we have already advocated. Uh, unfortunately, some, you know, there are local opposition in many cases to modular housing. We can't uh, pretend that this won't be a, a part of the solution. It will be. Uh, and for that, you can't have well, a conventional planning system. We've just, just can't have. We've literally just completed modular houses in the city on the north side in the Myros area, right? And it was a, in conjunction with Peter McFerry Trust and Limerick Council. They've been allocated to families in the last week or so. Hundreds of families were looking to come back into the Myros area or from Myros area were looking for those houses. And they're literally ready to, you know, they were delayed by, unfortunately, by the yeah. collapse of Roadbridge, who were actually building them on behalf of my very trust and behalf of the council. But they, and there's an, an estimated 100 years lifetime. Uh, we could do an entire program so on, on, on the yeah. pace of redevelopment and all of that. But uh, I'm afraid that's all we have time for. Look, thank you uh, all for coming in. Patrick O'Donovan, TD for Limerick County, Minister of State at the Department of Public Works. Maurice Quinn-Liven, Sinn Féin TD for Limerick City, Chairperson of the Rockless Enterprise Trade and Employment Committee. And Catherine Hayes, Course Director for Journalism and Digital Media at the University of Limerick. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.